Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Healman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Another thing, because I was in such a dark place and had been counseled, was to just write a couple things a day that you're thankful for, just to be in a, a grateful place instead of always in a negative place. And so I have several different ones, but this is just my journal right now, and it has just three lines for each day. So I just write down three things that day that I'm grateful for. And I, you know, when I first started, I, you know, did general things like my family and my husband, but after doing that for a little while, then I, to challenge myself, I try to think of things that I haven't said before, or I haven't said in a while. Um, like yesterday it was, I was driving my daughter to dance and I got to be driving towards the mountains when the sun was coming up over the mountains, the sunrise. And it was just glorious. The, the yellow bright sun on the, just reflecting off of the tips of the mountains. And it was so mm-hmm. beautiful. So things like that to help me see the good. Thanks for joining us today. The Mothers Who Know podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here and listening Some of my favorite things to do is just really look more closely at people's experiences and stories. And today I'm here with Melanie and Melanie has been so wonderful and inspiring for me to associate with and watch mostly because of her desire, like her great desire to just get involved to learn everything she could and to really not just 
be in this help me place, but to get to a place where it was, I want to be part of the solution. I have a greater understanding of many important things around the challenges that we feel as moms when our children are hurting, struggling in a way that we didn't expect. And then we are noticing how stretchy it can be for them to get to a place where we feel like, all right. But anyway, I just, I love Melanie. I'm so grateful for her willingness to serve us all and tell us a little bit about her story. And what I hope is that as you listen to it, you'll just be considering your own story and we're not all in the same places, but it's really neat to notice that many things that will come out are places that you're at. And it's just fun to notice we move, we move, we move forward. And that's such a blessing. So hello, Melanie, my friend. Hi. (laughs) So yeah, Melanie, I think the best thing to start with is just to let everybody know a little bit about just what did you picture and think? Like, what are some of the things you love that are just Melanie? Like before you even thought, and now I'm a mom, like, you know, like, and even as you've become a mom, what are some things that just you like to do? And then I'd love for you to say, and this is what I thought motherhood would look like. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) All right. So I love to read. I love to garden. I love to be outside and active and hiking and uh, just being with our family, I absolutely love to travel. I wish I could just travel all the time, but we just save up money so we can do that. Yeah. Where, have you, where have you traveled that's fun? So you just think, oh, I loved this place. And- oh, well, I love the Caribbean is really fun. We loved Canada. Banff, Canada is amazing. Mm. And so I love mountains, like we Alaska cruises are fun and just to travel to different places and experience people in different environments. So I love Paris and England for the history and, and just how old things are. Like we think something's old if it's 250 years old or something here in these, in the state, but that's like baby stuff in in wow. Europe and in England. And so my heritage is from Scandinavia. I was able to go on a concert tour there when I was in high school. And that's always been a, a cherished place for me for those two reasons. Wow. For the experiences there. So I, I've had great opportunities to travel quite a bit and it's been a great blessing mm-hmm. for me and my husband. That's awesome. I'm not a traveler. Hardly at all. I mean, I go to like Idaho from Utah and that's, you know, or somewhere where my kids live. Right now I have a child in Germany. So maybe I'll actually go. Oh, you Germany. have to go. You have to go. <laughs> so, yeah, but now I know. I really didn't know that you were uh, such a traveler. I'll, I'll, I can actually call and say, Melanie. Where do you think I should start with all this? But that's a whole other conversation at another time. Right, but, right. But I definitely would love to help you with that. Oh, so good. But I also, music is, is such a part of my life. I, I play the violin and it, playing the violin op- has opened so many doors for me in my life and has shaped who I am. 
So that's another big part of me mm-hmm. as Melanie. What um, door? Tell what door? Well, it paid for college and it helps, you know, with, like I said before, the traveling is very fulfilling for me. I, I teach privately and my degree is in teaching. And while, while we've been raising our family, I haven't been teaching in public schools, but I find great fulfillment in, in teaching privately and having that one-on-one interaction too. You really see growth and progression and helping students that way. That's so great. That's so good. I played the violin once, but I did so poorly and did not want to play the violin at all. I wanted to play basketball. So those are both good things. Yeah. Yeah. But my mom made me do the violin, but I just not, it wasn't a good experience. So someday I would love to see you play the violin. That'd be so great. Maybe we can do it at class one time or something. I don't know. Yeah. Totally. Well, we do have a retreat coming up. Maybe you could bring your violin and play. I'm planning on that. So I would love, I'd be happy to do that. Okay. Good, good. So Melanie, how did you, how'd you meet your husband and become a mom? All right. So I got a scholarship at Weber State University. And so I went up there to go to school. And I met my husband at the Institute up there. I was heavily involved at the Institute and it's just a great place to meet people. And so I met, we dated for two and a half years and then we got married and after we both graduated. So it was a great, great journey. That's another story as well. Yeah. All right. I could tell we need to do more than a podcast. (laughs) <laughs> need to go to lunch or something so with yeah so okay so i know you have daughters and sons and so tell us a little bit about your family and what you thought being a mom would be like when you first started out being a mom all right i have always wanted to be a mom that was just the most important thing to me and so when i was dating that was really i made that really clear that that was what I wanted to do was stay home to be a mom. And I know that's ideal and many don't have that opportunity to do that, but I am so grateful that I have been able to do that. So going into marriage and mother um, wanting to be a mother, that was the expectation that my husband and I both, both knew. And so when I became a mother, I just, especially when my kids were small, I envisioned myself as the mom with, uh, you know, the kids with all the matching outfits sitting on the church pew, everyone happy to be there at church and, and having their quiet books and learning about the gospel and with their cute little voices, telling the story of Noah or the star story of Alma and being able to know these stories, right? And mm-hmm. that I would be able to control that and through my testimony, be able to do that and And I quickly learned that children come with these spirits and we were able to teach them the gospel and grow myself, definitely, especially, you know, as a young mom and realizing that need for my savior and taking care of all their physical needs, so many physical needs, but as 
children have grown older, you know, people said, oh, just wait till they become teenagers, which is true. But now, now I have three young adults and I am saying, people need to talk about this phase. Like to me, this is even more difficult. You really don't like you're done. I mean, you can have some influence, but they're going to decide what they're going to do. And, and you just have to say, well, okay, well, I, I hope that works out for you. And I, I love you anyway, depending, you know, no matter what you choose here, but I don't really see that this is going to work out very well, but sometimes, and sometimes, and usually they're making good choices, but still it's so, wow. They just have to go on this journey with God by their side, working through things. And yeah. so that's been kind of tricky there to figure that out. But there is a, I don't know, there's a, as long as our children aren't adulting, there's this hope or this, I still have some time or a little bit of influence and control here, right? There's just this as a mom. But when they become adults, you almost feel like, it's really like I have to adjust myself and my thinking and kind of guard my heart a little bit. And there's this, I don't know, the expectation of what you're going to look like when you're all grown up. Right. <laughs> right. I don't think we realized that's because I agree. I think adulting children are it's very challenging to, to be a mother of adulting children. Yes. And yeah. So I'm learning and growing still there too. Each phase there's, you know, when they're young, they have so many physical needs and then they're, you know, the owies become bigger and, and harder to just fix with a kiss and a hug. And, mm-hmm. and some of them, you can't do that and are painful and to watch them go through hard things and, mm-hmm. and get banged up by the world. is really not fun to watch as a mother. But I love, we have five kids, three, three daughters, two sons. So we had three, three young adult children who aren't aren't married yet. And then I have a senior and a a ninth grader. So I range from 15 to 20, almost 23. Okay. But you had a daughter, then your sons, then two Two daughters. daughters. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank so, you. Awesome. So Melanie, tell us a little bit. Yeah. Just like you said, it's hard to just hug them and kiss them and make it all better. And then they get bigger and you just can't do it. Fix things like that. And then not only that, then there's this separation of now I'm not even in the role so much as hugging and kissing to make anything better. I'm more of a, a support, you know, mm-hmm as you're adulting and things like that. So how did you, yeah, I know this, I'm just trying to think, what's the best way to approach just the, because our podcast is approaching like you and I met because you found the resources of Mothers Who Know. That's how we met because you discovered that your sons could use some support. But tell us a little bit about how you found life-changing services and how you discovered what was going on and that you needed support. What was that like for you? 
in your own mind and your own heart. Just take us on a little journey to that place. Okay. So five years ago, when my sons were 14 and 15 and a half, our 14 year old came to us and let us know that he was dealing with uh, sexual self-nestry problems and that it had been going on for a couple of years and it involved his older brother as well. They both were involved with that. And he just, he was just crying and said, I need help. I need help. And luckily he had a good friend who encouraged him to come to us. And so when we found out about that, he wanted to go to the bishop and asked that we would go with him. So we went with him and shared what he had shared with us, with the bishop and our bishop then gave us the, he referred us to life-changing services and talked about Sons of Helaman and that group therapy and how that had, had been really helpful for other, other young men in our work that he had worked with, mm-hmm. with these same sexual self-mastery challenges. Yeah. Yeah. And so also along with that, there were other ramifications because it dealt with both sons. And luckily we were able to work through that. So our younger son initially instigated all this. And then our older son also wanted to participate too. They both have been trying to not do these things on their own, but just now that I, now with more research and knowledge, know that once anyone gets involved with pornography or masturbation or these other things, that it creates neural pathways that are very difficult to reprogram unless you go through therapy and retrain your brain. And so grateful for the things that I learned. Anyway, so the bishop referred us. We got our sons enrolled in Sons of Helaman. And then along with that, I received a call from one of the therapists who told me about others who know. I can't tell you the just the the devastation and just complete blindsided me that this was happening at our home and how could I not know this and how could this be going on for for years and there were times that I'm like that's something's not right but I didn't know what right and we came to find out that this all began because when our oldest son was in seventh grade in science he was given an assignment and they had they were given topics and his topic was quadruple X syndrome, which I don't know why any teacher would assign quadruple X syndrome, thinking, realizing how close that is to triple X and what triple X by doing a search on the computer, what triple X would bring up. Oh, wow. And so when he was researching for this, he, came across things and at in seventh grade he told us and I did not respond well I really freaked out actually because I was just so horrified by all that well 
then he got curious and it led to other things. And we had filters and things on our computers, but it's really difficult to, to filter out everything. And anyway, and then not knowing that it was happening and that curiosity led to other things. So that was really difficult to hear about that too. What, what, are, what are some of the things when that happened, just when you're 14 year old son came and you realized how long that had been going on. Like what are some of the, the things that you thought as a mom, look, you know, one of them I can totally relate to that you mentioned was how did I not know this? Mm -hmm. How could this have been going on for so long? And yeah, cause you, you've created patterns in your family where everybody kind of moves along in their life in a certain this is the way our family does this and you as a mom also like I'm I'm pretty much on top of all these things right yeah that was so it was just devastating for me to find this out because we we consider ourselves parent wise and as a mother I felt like I was doing everything I could to create a gospel-centered home centered on Jesus Christ and how that would influence the rest of our family's life and our children's lives. And so like attending church, being magnifying our callings, we're very religious about having family home evening every Monday night and reading scriptures from the time that like they could repeat a word after us they were in the scriptures with us. And so this kind of environment, I just felt like they would be protected and yeah, from, from that. But unfortunately we're dealing with an adversary who's been out this for 7,000 years and has had lots of practice in manipulating and deceiving and in the cunning arts of of his his craft and my sons had gotten ensnared in that but in the beginning that was so i was in just such a place of trauma and hurt and pain and grief grief for for the loss of innocence for my sons grief for all of these things that i wanted for them the their my hopes and dreams for their aspirations and you know, their little testimonies of, I want to go on a mission and wanting to do those things. And, and then the reality that uh, if we, they couldn't get this figured out, that that would not be a possibility for them anymore. And it was so hard for me. And I felt like that I was really isolated because it wasn't my experience and I didn't want to exploit maybe that's not the right word it just uncovered them in this really hard place that they were in all beat up but knowing the kind of valiant boys that were and are today my sons are they are great men and they were great boys then and on uh, did their priesthood duties and were trying to do choose the right and I just felt like they 
just got tangled up in, yeah, just some density stuff. And so that was really hard. Yeah. Feeling that. And, and I feel like it was all, like a death for my husband and me as we were just trying to come to grips with that and, and help them get out of this deep hole that they were in. Uh, and I love that you pointed out that you knew and you could see as they were going about doing their amazing boy selves, you know, you could see they care deeply about choosing what's right. They care deeply about being good boys and following the gospel path that we've taught them. But then behind the scenes, there's this secret going on, right? And so it doesn't even exhibit itself in those behaviors that you think, oh, that, watching that behavior tells me that this is not going on, right? Or that I don't need to worry about a, a really scary thing in that area. Like, sure, puberty, sure, boys, sure, you know, that kind of thing. But when you realize the extent of just how unfair it all is and how ensnared someone who has no um, experience and is so innocent and in a place in their life where they're developing and their sexuality is awakening right it's just yes how the adversary has used this plague to ensnare children is really disturbing and yes and then they're they're in this atmosphere of this beautiful home with these good parents who are very diligent and really trying and really caring and they also have the support of this church community and all the activities and things so when it comes out it's so it feels like i don't know it's so far out in left field like, it's almost like, how could that be going on? It's, I remember myself thinking, I don't know if I even believe this. Like, are you yeah. sure we just, are you sure this looks, it's like you described it looks. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, we, you know, I was the same way. I didn't, I just missed it for years. Our older son was dealing with some other challenges with like depression, anxiety. And so we didn't realize that it had stemmed from this. And so we had been trying to get help in that area for him and trying to help him. But, you know, then things made a little more sense as we were trying to piece all these pieces together. Yeah. So even, even though it was horrible finding out and caused a lot of trauma and disappointment, and there was just a lot of fallout and isolation for you. What do you think about this statement? The only thing worse than finding out that your son is looking at pornography is, you know, not finding out. I completely agree with that. You know, a therapist said, you know, women, the hardest thing for women is not knowing. Women can handle a lot of bad and a lot of hard things if they know what it is so they know what they're up against and can fight. It's that not knowing 
that is so hard. And I completely agree with that. That was such an aha moment for me in knowing, yeah, I can buckle down, gear up, say, okay, we're going to work through this, but the not knowing. So I was in a way, even though I would just stick about it all, at least knowing so that we could be a support and to get others who were, who loved our son so much, our bishop at the time was so supportive and such a great resource for our sons and then also through their training with sons of healing and we we just had a great we found such a great resource in life-changing services and all of the services they offered but you mentioned something about your bishop being such a great resource can you tell us one thing he did that in your mind was like that was so helpful so he helped them to realize, just to have hope that we can get through this. And I love you. Mm. Even though I know all of this about you, mm-hmm. I love you. And I know that you're a good person. And that with the Savior's help in proper channels, we can make it through this. And I was so grateful for his continued checking on our boys and just helping them to feel loved, even though sometimes they were pushing away or, or not doing what they needed to do to, but they, I, I know that they don't have never doubted his love for them. So that that's been huge and just his belief in them. And then realizing that he didn't, that this was bigger than him. So he got help from church headquarters, but also this other resource with life-changing services and Sons of Healing. And he he told us about the Like Dragons Did They Fight book and just had other, just gave them like assignments, little benchmarks that they could do and help to know that. And I, I think a realistic view that this isn't something that we can turn on and off that we can just stop doing obviously as this addiction has been going on for several years in these formative times of children growing to men boys growing to men that with all of this happening in their brains that it's it was going to take yeah some clinical help along with ecclesiastical help along with definitely repentance and the savior at the center of all of it Mm. to help these boys overcome Mm, so good what did you notice when your boys started sons of helaman shifted for them and for you i think you know we did the intake and Of course, that was uncomfortable, but then as they went the first couple of times to this group therapy session and and seeing these other young men all at different points in their own journeys Mm -hmm. of this and seeing that they weren't the only ones and that cool guys were working through this and that they had that support and just didn't feel like that they were those these freaks who 
couldn't get it together to figure it out, overcome this on their own. It's huge. I know that, yeah, there's this kind of this imagined thing of anybody who is doing anything that kind of seems like you can't stop that. And it's super bad. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yes, that's something we're not supposed to be doing. And we definitely need some help with this because we're noticing we've had a plan to stop doing this on our own. That's not working. And so they're getting support from their parents and from a bishop. And now they've found it a resource. But when you say like, it's not unique and you're not the only one because several moms have more than one son, you know, that's struggling in sexual self-mastery or daughters and sons, you know, it's part of the, just the war zone that we're in, in our day, right? So that as mothers, we're mothering something maybe that's never had to be mothered. Do I mean, we've never stood here and- And we don't have anybody like saying, here's how you do that. You know, it's kind of like we're pioneers in a new mothering place. And so we have this expectation when someone says group therapy for sexual self-mastery, like in our own mother mind there, we have fears, right? Right. Oh gosh. Right. So, but also when we tell our sons or daughters, we've found a group and it's therapeutic and we're, we're going to go to that. Like, I just know there's this expectation of well probably everybody else there is like greasy and hairy and has like chandeliers to hanging from their ears or something you know like yeah it's they just live in an alley and they're super weird and you know i'm gonna get there and it's just gonna be horrible how is it different i just think that the day and age that we're in with technology it is just so, it's so prevalent everywhere, you know, before computers in our hands, mm-hmm. we had to go looking, seeking for pornography and it can just, you can't, you cannot even be looking for it and it can just pop up and be there. And then, you know, you can't even get rid of it. You just turn it off or whatever. Yeah. It's just, and it can infiltrate into our homes where that it took a more effort a lot more effort i think to make it happen in even in my generation growing up you know we had to go look for it and i think just yeah it's just right there so prevalent but going to the group setting and for me as a mom to see other other boys working through this that was helpful for me as well. When, when it was really the, I think the first or second week that they went to group. And then I got that call from a representative from Life Changing Services. And they, this gentleman spent 45 minutes with me on the phone and just reassuring me that I was a good mom because I sure felt like I couldn't believe that I, that I, I had missed this. And what a terrible mom I must be to be so naive and so blinded that I didn't see it. And he was very helpful for me just to get out of a really dark place for me as a mother at that time. And then 
told me about Mothers Who Know, that it was a free service for moms to help just to have a support group. And, and so I went that next, that next week. And so here I am five years later, and that's still a part of my week. Mm-hmm. That is a place and that helped me get me through along with a lot of other things, but that was one of the big supportive places I could go because the mothers there are from all over the country and Canada and, and it's a safe place because I know these other moms are dealing with similar things that they can't share with their friends and neighbors Yeah, because they don't, because it's their son's story and not my own directly that I feel like I can just share that with, with anybody. We have a small network of a support group that we have we have trusted to be part of this healing and process with our sons. Yeah. Yeah, so good. So I should have written it down. You mentioned something earlier and I didn't make a note of it, but it was just, oh, here it is. What I just felt impressed to ask you before that phone call with that, you know, client support person that that was talking to you on the phone, what did you notice in your other stewardships in your life? Did you notice other parts of your life that were affected by that? Absolutely. I I didn't want to be a hypocrite, you know, and being like, yep, we've got everything going on over here. I just felt like there was so many messes at our house and yeah, it just felt messy and I cried a lot, but felt like still had to go to church, put on that brave face. And I guess ironically, this was a blessing. My best friend at that time, they had a situation and, and moved out of our neighborhood within a three week period. And so I go to church and just be crying through most of sacrament meeting as I looked up at the the boys passing the sacrament, the boys blessing the sacrament and mm-hmm. knowing that that wasn't something that our sons could do that I knew they really wanted to. And just things that were said in the meeting or, yeah. and you know, people don't know what's going on at your house, but just trying to deal with it as a couple, because at that time we didn't feel like we wanted to tell our, our girls about it. They were just, because we felt yeah. like it the boys, the boys place to tell them if that's what they wanted to do, but it was all so consuming. It was just on my mind constantly and what to do and how are we going to get through this? And are we ever, are we ever, this is so big. I don't even know. Yeah. If we can get through this. Yeah. And initially when you find things out like that, any, any limiting beliefs or false stories you've heard of other things that, you know, well, addiction means this. And that kind of behavior probably projects that into your future. I mean, there's lots of things that our mind will just go crazy. We're sprinting off in the wrong field too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then that whole negative self concept, concept of negative view of myself. Yeah. That's what and that just was ruminating. And I know you say this often, marinating. I was marinating in this 
negativity and this hopelessness and this is never going to be better. <laughs> and I, I, and I obviously, I obviously am not living by the spirit because if I was living by the spirit, then I would have picked up on this and I would have acted on this and this would have come out sooner yeah. or, you know, I, I just, all of these negative thoughts that consumed me and there's a lot of self-doubt for me and my ability to get answers and my ability to follow the spirit and just thinking, how could I have been so blind? Mm. So a lot of shaming, like self. Yes. How and could you, how did you, how could you? Yeah. yeah. And I really get that. And that's been something I've had to work on for years yeah. before this ever happened. So this just fueled the fire. Yeah. For, for me and my negative thoughts and, and feelings and emotions. And, yeah. and I, I, and I know my, I, the rest of the family knew something was going on, but we couldn't talk about it. And mom's just crying a lot and trying to keep it together. <laughs> but wow, it was rough. Yeah. And rough very rough. And and it's a new dynamic too, like you mentioned, that in your relationship with your spouse. There's just now there's this trauma and this emergency. Like we've got to figure this out. And so yeah, it just affects a lot of pieces. Absolutely. And I'm grateful that initially as a couple, we were on the same page and like both just like, what is this? So surprised by it. But then we'll do whatever we need to do to help our sons. Yeah. You know, whatever costs, whatever we need to do to help them through this. Yeah. Oh, that's so, and that is a big thing too, because there's a, there's a great learning curve and the time at which people reach a place of implementing the tools and the desire that they have and the maturity that they have and their brain development, just all those things play into getting to a place of more self-mastery, right? All those things play into that. Yeah. And so, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of waiting and watching and managing all of your thoughts and your feelings, really caring for your own mind and your own heart in this journey. That's something you know now, but if you could go back and just talk to yourself in that place of trauma, what do you think you would say to you? As I continued to go to Mothers Who Know, I learned more about the adversary and his role in messing with me as a mom through my son's challenges and hard things they were facing. And so he was also messing with me, which was affecting our marriage, affecting my relationship with my sons, affecting just so many things and so one thing after we found out I thought okay we are going to just fix this and so I was doing everything I could to see if I could fix this I was looking up all these things about technology and I was really obsessed with the whole okay well we need to have a, a better router we need to have a better you know just we need to give them lots of limits and they can't do this and they can't do this and and I was really obsessed with all of that when the longer we 
dealt with it and the reality of what that looks like in practicing and gaining skills to work on self-mastery along with going through those teenage years and and realizing and learning that this there's this is a training well period for teenagers in their sexual selves mm. and so as they are experiencing these these feelings and thoughts and trying to harness these passions that are from god and good but just have been counterfeited to look so so twisted and wrong but help just to help our kids understand the the beautiful nature of our sexuality and how important it is to who we are and our spiritual selves in being able to create like god is so important and and I think not expressed enough, especially in the church. And we need to do a better job of that. But going through that transformation. So what I would tell her is that first and foremost, we have one Savior, Jesus Christ. And he loves our children as much or more than we do. And because of him, he's the one who is going to save them. Nothing I can do will take the place of our Savior and his atonement and the great gift he's given us of repentance and of that enabling power that comes through the atonement of Jesus Christ. So that became my rock to hold on to. Also, that I had to worry about me and staying in my own lane and not being in my boy's business, my husband's business, and trying to dictate how they were going to get through this with the Lord. That it is my job to worry about me. I can influence, I can love, I can cheer, be the cheerleader for my children, for my husband. But ultimately, they have to build their relationship with Jesus Christ, just as I have to build my own relationship with Jesus Christ and count on him and rely on him and need him every hour hmm. to get me through this minute, this hour, this day, this week in, uh, in working through it. I'd also tell her that it's going to all work out. Our family motto is everything's going to be okay. And it might take some time, but things will work out. And the Lord loves us and we can do it with him. Oh, good. So... Did you notice, I don't know, I know one of the reasons that there's only one Savior and stay by the tree came up in Mothers You Know, and that there's only one me, like my my lane, my business is pretty important. There's a lot of power there, but I lose a lot of power in places I have influence if I don't find and figure out, I don't know, I didn't realize how much I didn't understand about my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I just wonder, because you said I needed to focus on that and there's only one Savior, but 
you can hear there's only one savior and you're like, that is so good. But then there's this piece of trusting him and knowing him and that he's actually saving us as the mom, right? Um, In order to, to really believe, okay, I think I can stay by the tree and beckon from the tree. It's such a process. What, what did you go through finding him and figuring all that out for you? So you could stay in a place of, I do have a lot of power, but he's got to do the saving. Yes. So another program that Life Changing Services has is Eternal Warriors. And there's lots of lots of different ways to do that. And so as I was learning more things at Mothers You Know and thinking, uh, I need to, and Eternal Warriors is, is really helping individuals learn some of those same skills that are being taught in the Sons of Helaman, Menoroni, these these skills and patterns and techniques to combat against the adversary. And I thought, I want to know what my boys are learning so that one, I can be supportive of them. And also I'm kind of at like controlling. And so I want to, I'm like, what are they spending that hour talking about? What am I doing? (laughs) So I want to (laughs) know. And at the time they weren't really wanting to, you know, share it all with me. So I did the eternal warriors class and, and that was super helpful for me. One, and, and another thing that was really helpful was the mom power calendar, just like the manpower that my boys were working on. I could then transfer that knowledge to what I needed to do personally to build my relationship with my savior so that I could be a more effective mother more effective wife, better at managing stretchy messiness around me. And what I quickly learned was that, you know, my relationship with the Savior and what I was doing to manage my own messes was really affecting my family. And as I did a better job with that and learned more about that, along with the, my physiology and the the chemicals that trigger things in my body as I learned more of those kind of things then it helped me to understand patterns in my own life that were that didn't serve me well and that I that I could work on and have more empathy for my sons working on this sexual self-mastery thing when I had these other areas in my life that I need to work on and that I couldn't expect perfection in myself. And right away, I couldn't expect perfection in them either, that it was, it's a process. It's a journey. It, it, it is a battle every day in this war against sin, in this war against our enemy, in this war against Babylon or the world, that it is it's a daily battle. And, but as we armor ourselves with power through our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we can come off conquer. He's promised that to us. And uh, I really am counting on those promises that he's given us. Mm. So powerful. Wow. That's so powerful. So awesome. So I remember when you were in my eternal warriors class, like that was one of the 
times that I appreciated so much because I get a lot more times to spend one-on-one with women in that class, you know, and really see this is where you're at and that's what you're working on. What are some of the specific things that you've done? You know, because you mentioned the mom power calendar, but like, what's something that you just think, you know what, here's something that I've discovered. If I do this, when I notice you're getting in a spin, Melanie, you're starting to lose your mind. You're starting to forget that, you know, there's only one savior and like, you're just going right. to that place. Like, what have you learned that, that you can do instead? Or what do you do to fortify yourself? to protect yourself from those things? What have you noticed for you? All right. So for me with the mom power calendar, that's really effective for me because it helps me to one, recognize truth. And I don't like to to focus on on the adversary as much, but it's important to know, know your enemy so that you have the tools in your belt to fight that enemy. And so for me, listening to trusted voices in my head and learning how to do that has been really helpful for me to, you know, this thought comes in my head. And if it's not a thought that the Savior or Heavenly Father would say to me because he loves me, I know that he can give me correction and ways to improve that kind of thing. But if it's not something he would say to me as a child, then I know that that is not coming from him. And so as I filter out those thoughts coming into my head, then that helps me to recognize, get the head, Satan. That's not from God and you need to get out of my head. I think as women, that is a big challenge. We have to have those positive feelings for ourselves and and positive self-talk because I can berate myself very easily. And have to stop it and say, and just have that self-love. But it definitely, again, process and I, it ebbs and flows for me when I'm in a better place or not. So that's a really helpful thing for me. Another thing is making sure I make time for the Lord. I know President Nelson, you know, he said, you know, how do you hear him? And, and how important personal revelation and from the time he's become prophet and through this journey with our boys, I have really come to know him better because I've had to choose him and make time for him in the beginning of my day so that I can at times make it through the day. And so in the scriptures, another really tangible thing that our prophet has asked us to do is to, and, and other apostles and leaders is to write, to have a notebook next to our scriptures as we're spending time with God in the scriptures and just write things down. Sometimes I'm writing, I'm just writing things that pertain to the verses I'm reading, but sometimes it's just maybe a little rant about something that I'm like, Heavenly Father, I, this is hurting I'm hurting and this is why, or reinforced to me who I am so that I can do this today. Mm. So sometimes just writing, I am God's daughter, or I know Jesus loves me. Those kind of affirmations, writing those down, mm. that's been really helpful for me to counteract the negative 
talk in my head. Ah, so good. Yeah, declaring things so helpful. It brings your crazy brain, like the little right, you know, the animal brain, where we're like fight, fight, flight, or freeze. You know, we're all just kind of going to those kind of thoughts. Yeah, it brings brings us back to a place where we're like, okay, I'm in my whole brain, my thinking brain, in my frontal lobe, and able to to think better thoughts because I am. I know I am this, or I know this. And we start putting eternal truth over our circumstance. Yeah. Brings us a lot of hope. Oh my goodness, Karen. There's so many things that I've learned that I'm like, I don't have time to yes, share all of these, but I those do are want, a few little things. And I do want you to share your neat journal. Share that. Your yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. Another thing, because I was in such a dark place and had been counseled was to just write a couple of things a day that you're thankful for, just to be in a, a grateful place instead of always in a negative place. And so I have several different ones, but this is just my journal right now. And it has just three lines for each day. So I just write down three things that day that I'm grateful for. And I, you know, when I first started, I you know, did general things like my family and my husband. But after doing that for a little while, then I, to challenge myself, I try to think of things that I haven't said before or I haven't said in a while. Um, like yesterday, it was, I was driving my daughter to dance and I got to be driving towards the mountains when the sun was coming up over the mountains, the sunrise. And it was just glorious, the, the yellow bright sun on the, just reflecting off of the tips of the mountains. And it was so mm-hmm. beautiful. So things like that and to help me see the good. Oh, yeah. That's so good. So good. And you mentioned just your scriptures being a tool for you to hear him. And I'm actually thinking when you, when you say this, because you mentioned this before we pushed record on our episode i just think wow that is so inspired and so good i just think it needs to be repeated more than once it's so beautiful and it's just something you said that happened as you were doing your time with the lord this morning yes as i was preparing for this podcast i was just praying to know what what god would want me to say and how to say it to honor him but to also be true to my sons and their place and where they're at right now. And so I was reading in, in Alma chapter 26, and this is the missionary chapter when Alan is glorying in the Lord and talking to uh, his brethren. And, and he's talking about the, how the field was ripe and, and the, those who were converted to the gospel. But Verse six through eight really struck me in how it is also very applicable to our children today and the promises of the Lord. And verse six, it says, Yea, they, our children, will not be beaten down by the storm at the last day. Yea, neither shall they be harrowed up by the whirlwinds. But when the storm cometh, they shall be gathered together in their place that the storm cannot penetrate to them. Yea, neither shall they be driven with fierce winds, whithersoever the enemy listeth to carry them. But behold, 
They are in the hands of the Lord of the harvest, and they are his, and he will raise them up at the last day. Blessed be the name of our God. Let us sing to his praise, yea, let us give thanks to his holy name, for he doth work righteousness forever. The things that stood out to me in those scriptures were that, yes, the storms will come, and the whirlwinds and the hard things and the enemy who wants to destroy them is going to try, and he's not going to give up. But that incredible promise in verse 7, that they are in the hands of the Lord, and they are his. And with that powerful knowledge, we know that he will not let them fail, that he will help them on their front, on their rearward, on their sides, to buoy them up and strengthen them through his power to raise them up at the last day. And because of this, because our knowledge of this, then we can sing to his praise and give thanks to his holy name because he will work righteousness forever. I love forever. That means that he's never going to quit on us ever. And that is powerful and strengthening and comforting and just gives me such hope to know that he, that my children are his and he loves them as much or more than I do. And because he does, he's going to take care of them through this journey of life. Mm. That's so incredible and so comforting and helpful for us to think. Oh, when you hear him, when you know that the Spirit's confirming to you, this is what God has to say about your cool boys. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, this is what he has to say about that. He knows who they are. Just like you bore testimony at the beginning. I absolutely know they're the best boys, right? Like yeah. he knows what kind of men they are too. And yeah, there is so much grace that comes from him about the circumstances that are affecting our lives, right? That ensnare, yeah. ensnare us and cause us to have issues with self-mastery in whatever area it is, right? Yeah. But it's so amazing what you bringing that up because when we're watching our children and we think, you're making some progress, but it's just not very fast. <laughs> You're making some progress, but it's looking super messy. Like you can do it one day a week, but the other six, it's just a mess. You know, so you just, you sit and you think, do you really care enough? Are you really trying enough? What do we need to do to just turn up the volume for you? So you can, but it's impossible as parents to do that. It's someone's spiritual life in someone's battles where that they're battling yes a self-mastery thing but they're also battling their you know it's a it's still power. yeah yeah recognizing their divine worth because of the mess they're in i think it can really camouflage to them inside who they really are yeah and so I, that's another thing that I've learned along the way is that 
me helping to point out to them who they really are. Like, you may have lost a battle today, but that's not who you are. And that doesn't define you because I know who you really are. And God knows who you really are. And he knows your potential and he can help you with this. And all is not lost. Yes. Because we lost the battle today. Right. Because we know who wins the war. And we just want to be on that side. Yeah. That's so good. That reminds me of something my son said. I was talking to him this morning and he was just saying, why do we get so stuck with the satanic message when we lose battles that says, oh, wow, you should totally get down on yourself, feel super discouraged, hate that you're here and notice that you're never going to be able to overcome this. So do you know if you're never able to overcome this, that means this girl that you really like, probably that's never going to happen for you. Or the dad that you want to become, yeah, that's probably not going to work out either. And, you know, so you just project it all. But he said that he recently gained a testimony and felt so grateful for it to know that God is celebrating and totally noticing that 99 times in the last 24 hours that you chose him, that you didn't lose a battle. And we are so focused on that one lost battle. And it gives the adversary so much power to mess with our identity and all of that you mentioned. But he just said, yeah, if we could just realize like, you know what? I don't have to stay in the bottom of this pit because I'm so disappointed that I lost a battle. When I look at it like God is looking at me, I can say, hey, you know what? I hear you. And yes, I'm disappointed. And okay, I lost one battle, but you're still so small and have such little power over me because all the other times today, all the other times in this last 24 hours, I have just schooled you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have a body. Yeah. I will always be more powerful than you because I have a body and you don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible when we can shift and have more belief in what's really going on here underneath Heavenly Father's plan who Jesus Christ really is in hard messes and who who he can be for us as moms too. Absolutely. One other thing in that chapter 26 of Alma, it also is the, the part where Ammon says, yay, I know I'm nothing as to my strength. I'm weak. Therefore I won't boast of myself, but I will boast of my God. For in his strength, I can do all things. Yea, behold, many mighty miracles, not just miracles, but many mighty miracles we have wrought in this land for which we will praise his name forever. And so if he can do many mighty miracles in Nephite times, then I know he can do many mighty miracles in my life and in my family's life. And and on those days that I'm feeling less than powerful or less than that strength just knowing that i need my savior every hour helps me to 
say, I can't do this right now, but I know that I can with you. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that enabling power of the atonement of my savior has really gotten me through a lot of really challenging things and being able to fight the enemy because there's only one enemy and there's one savior. Yeah. Yeah. And I think moms are terrifying to the enemy when they can stay in their truth. Absolutely. And learning that has been so empowering for me. Mm. Learning that is really been powerful and saying, even on my worst day, I'm better than you because I'm here and I have a family. I have children. You never will. And because I am getting out of bed today, <laughs> I have more power than you do. Yeah. I move my legs and stand up. Yeah. Yep. I wa- watch me do things. Right. And gosh, it's just that declaration that you said, you know, him saying, it's not about me. It's about what I can do because of him, because of God's with me, I can do this. Like, it's just such a great example of us when we are in a super hard place, whether it's like, this is taking forever. I believe a lot, but it's taking forever. Or that initial place, or just the place where we're like, okay, you've come so far. Like, I'm just so happy we're finally in this place where you've learned so much, but we do notice still life's a battle until you're safely dead, right? And so we're like, okay. (laughs) But just to be able to say, oh, wow. When I understand that part of making that real for me, just like it was for Alma, is me noting when I'm laying in bed and don't want to get up and do it, and the, I'm believing the, just, you know, the marinating, the lies, the, are you sure you're going to do this again? Yesterday was just the worst, right? And right. Um, what, why should you care? Why should you try? That kind of stuff. To think when I use exactly the same tool that Alma taught us, which was, I'm going to say with my voice, I know that by myself, I'm nothing, but with him, I can do this. And then, like you say, in whatever way, whether it sounds like Melanie or Karen or whoever you are listening out there, you can say, I'm going to get up. I'm going to try. I'm going to keep hoping and keep believing and trying. And it's going to look exactly as messy as I look right now. I can't be more than I can bring, but because of him, I can bring it. Yeah. And I and my best today is different than my best tomorrow. Yeah. And that's okay as long as we are facing God on the covenant path, you know, and just just doing what we can. Melody, thank you so much. Yeah. Rocka. There's one more thing that just has come to my mind I want to share. And that is one of my sons has dealt with ADHD. And then my other son has struggled with anxiety, depression. And so these these other uh, health issues 
along with the sexual self-mastery has made it, it, it's another facet that you have to, to work through along with just retraining the brain and creating new neural pathways. And so just a little disclaimer to those of you out there, if you have a child with other challenges as well, you know, when we first got in the program of Sons of Helaman, they said, you know, the average time is six months. Good. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to gear up for this six month time. We're going to do this. We're going to bust this out, be done with this. But uh, it was as we were getting in into it and the therapist let us know that, you know, it, it's going to take longer if there's anything, any kind of mental health issue that goes along with that, not to say that they're not successful. So the duration of this, here we are five, five years out. It's been certainly a lot longer than I anticipated, but my boys are in much better places than they were and have skills so that even if they at some point choose not to access those skills i know they still have those skills in their back pocket that they've learned through the sons of healing group therapy and uh, and these principles that are in manpower that i know that that they work and they know they work mm-hmm. and all that they've gained in the process has made them better men and help them on their personal journey. I just have a lot of empathy for those of you out there with with kids dealing with mental health issues. And heaven knows that we are, we have, I think, a second year pandemic of that going along with COVID as a, unfortunately, a result of that, that is just spreading across the land. And so, there is help out there. And I loved what Sister Alberto said, you know, when she was dealing with, with her daughter and she said, I didn't know what her experience was or what she needed. And she said it was by getting education. I had to learn and, and do some research myself so that I could better support my daughter. And I feel the same way about my sons in this, this part of their life, along with their their mental health as well their spiritual health their mental health physical it's all related and as we we work on these areas then we can have success that that overflows into the other areas yeah oh so good and you know as someone who's just really appreciates you i just think like you have done what i pray every mom will do. You know, you've done that. You've been the mom who I came wherever I was at, like I showed up, but you got involved sooner rather than later. You didn't wait months and months and months. You thought, okay, what can we do? They're in, they're in Sons of Helaman. Oh, there's something for parents. And you came. And I love that you've mentioned it doesn't matter what level you're at. You can just join it. Go ahead. Say those three times. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I think there's three levels of participation with mothers who know. One, if you are feeling really vulnerable and that you just cannot face anybody, you can access the recordings or any of these podcasts. That are, There's uh, hundreds of them by now because we have years and years worth of these recordings, which are so helpful. So there's that. 
or you can just come and be there during the time, not comment or, or say anything, but just listen and observe and feel the spirit that's there. Or the third level is to come, turn your camera on, participate, share your experiences, which then help others because there's all of us moms out there, even though our mess looks a little different than yours, we're all in messes or stretchy places. And as we share those and get ideas and, and education on what to do to to help our situations at our house, then that is benefiting others as well. Yeah. But all are all are great. Yeah. Great things to do. Yeah. But it the the key is don't be by yourself. Yes, please. That isolation is so damaging. So come and join us or come and be part of it in just those different levels for mothers It is healing. It's supportive. It is so helpful. Yeah. To me. Even yeah. now that I have sons who graduated from the program. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Now, you know what? Yeah. You came to the meetings. You listened to things. You participated. Wanted to be part of the, I'm creating the resource. I'm, I'm willing to ask a question. I'm willing to, and I also, I'm, I want to take eternal warriors for moms so that I can know what my sons are learning. Yeah, you've just done so many things, but you didn't just say, and now that we have arrived and they're graduate, see the ladies, you know, you're more like, no, this has become a source of service, of strength. Of, yeah, it's been so great. Thank you. It's, it is still, it is my support group just to help me remember those eternal truths and also help me say, okay, I will take my little bag of problems here and I'm going to work on these right here. And yeah, just to be reminded and, and to feel that support is really important for me and grounds me and just helps me in other areas of my life as well. Yeah. So good. And you know what? We are so over time. It's time to go. But I have to ask you another question. And it's, I keep thinking, no, I'm not going to ask her that. But it keeps coming to my mind. But it is, could you share something about your sons that you just really appreciate about who you've learned they are even more now seeing them go through this? Like an experience you've had or something that they've said or done or do because you have to get to the point where you can separate their challenge from their identity right absolutely no but what like if if i were a mom listening i'd be like okay like what is good about your boys what are they doing that's good do i mean yes all right my older son he is really good about taking responsibility like if something happens he's like yep you know, he, he owns it and takes accountability for it. And so in doing that, I think that helps in the process because he was able to just take ownership of it. No, he had to do it, be accountable and then work on it from there. He is also, I think going through Sons of Healing for both my boys has helped them to realize the sanctity of women and their mother and sisters and the women in their life 
because pornography objectifies women and gives them a skewed perception of who women are and what their purpose is. So their knowledge of that and the, I guess their now tenderness towards me and honoring as their mother, but also as a woman, because I think along the process, you know, as a teenager, I don't think sometimes they don't equate mom with a woman. Yeah. But so some of my natural reactions as a woman to the pornography or, or the loss battles, I think was helpful in the end for them to see, you know, a new wife is not going to just keep tolerating this or whatever, that kind of, that kind of perception. So my oldest son, I just really love that tenderness he shows towards me. One of the things that manpower does is they need to serve and they're encouraged to serve women specifically. And so I've been a recipient of that service. And and then I feel like it, it has helped our relationship grow just with that, that knowledge. My younger son, he too is willing to face the music and he's had a lot of setbacks with wanting to serve a mission and earlier choices, making that difficult, but saying, I'll do whatever it takes, however long it takes to be uh, worthy. Mission is not a saving ordinance, but that. That is what is expected. He wants to do everything in his power. He will keep trying it until that door is closed, if it is closed. And so his standing up and saying, yep, I have some things I've got to work on and fix, but I'm going to do it. And to me, that having the courage to do that is really inspiring to me. And it just helps me to know how valiant he is and that sorry and that he wants to be square with the lord so those are just a couple of things that make it so awesome yeah that's so so good yeah truly you do have an inspiring story and such a good noble warrior mama heart too thanks for being an example of that and having a real story, you know, that doesn't look perfect and you didn't just show up like, yeah, it's a process and a growth for you too. It's just. Absolutely. And we're yeah. just still working through it and yeah. we keep it. And I have a daughter in Daughters of Light and that's another program for girls. And that's been a blessing for her for different ways, different ways, but. All of it is, is helping us on our family journey here. So good. All right. Well, you have to share with us one thing that you fight for and why you don't give up. I fight for my family to just get through it together. I fight that we can all work at it together. And I don't give up because... My Savior is never going to give up on me. And with that knowledge, that helps me to know that with his help, I can't give up either. Because I know he's there for me and, and carries me when I can't do it. 
And there've been a lot of those times too. But I know that he, with the study of the creation, that God and our Savior, they created order out of things that were not in order and were part of that plan. So our messiness is is part of the plan and they're going to help us create order out of that so that we can be whole through our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so that's why I don't give up. Thank you. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers Who Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSA-age young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under mothersyouknow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know and on Instagram, username at mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week mom power training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers Who Know website at mothersyouknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services, at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.